Hi, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a new podcast. <laughs> it's our internet. first episode. It's our first episode. No, we I thought are... you were going to say A New Hope, like the second oh, episode of Star Wars. Season is this, two. Is this season two? Uh, no, we already did knows. season two. It was the quarantine stuff. Oh, that's right. season three. Season. First of all, so wow. intro, classical stuff you should know. We are a podcast about classical education, the classical world, old things, um, learning stuff, uh-huh. and yeah. Okay. That's that's what we like. That's what we do. <laughs> We're, you know, 150 episodes in and we still don't have the intro nailed down. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm do, Okay, good. Great. Right. Um, but first of all, I'd like to say just a big thank you to you, gents. Uh, AJ, for your quarantine stuff, you should know. They were My great. Did a good grand job. Grand promises and scant delivery. Well, I mean, it's just par for the course. For Ouch. a podcast. <laughs> for, <laughs> not for are you, you insulting AJ right now? Yeah. This is pretty normal. Well, it's just yeah. par for the this course, how, I guess. No, this I just mean like par for the course for the, everybody in the world. Wow. Um, for our listeners. For 20, I, par for the course for 2020. I did realize that a daily podcast was a huge commitment. Yeah. It was Joe taking, Rogan, man, hats off. It was taking a massive <laughs> amount. Of, well, he's got cronies to help him like That's edit, true. splice, and post. <laughs> I think you mean employees. <laughs> cronies? <laughs> When you pay him, you can yeah, call him whatever, whatever you want to. Okay, um, great. Anyway, and, but anyway, we got. But then I went to Washington for like a month, and so I just wasn't near my recording. But they were equipment. fun. They were good. Yep. And Megby, your thoughts from Purgatory were great. <laughs> okay, thanks. And um, actually, it it inspired me to start reading Dante during the lockdown. Oh, great! I was reading a Canto a day, but I'm only in. Uh, I'm just in the place where they put all the corrupt politicians in the jar of pit, mm. of jar of pitch. So oh yeah, you're still I think in the Inferno. 20, then. The grafters, where they stab them with. Pitchforks. Forks in the, what is it, the Malabranch? Yeah. And then the big demon farts at the end of the book. Malakota, right? Yeah. Evil Tale? I bet the ninth graders love that book. Uh, I tell them, I'm like, listen, it says the A word. <laughs> let's be adult about it. <laughs> because let's, means, grow up, let's grow up a little bit, which means they are are going to giggle all by themselves yeah, I love forever. Um, anyway, so. I feel like um, the adult response is to laugh at that. Isn't that? Yeah. Because I'm sure you I actually think that what I really do is just like, and then we're skipping on to this part over here, and they just never know that it exists. <laughs> I just don't draw attention to but it. But we're back. Smart. Spring break is done. And um, our... <laughs> wow. Our, you mean our, our four-month spring break? Is I that, know. Yeah. Our freeze-out is over. Anyway, yeah. for those of you who listen to us and enjoy us, yeah, it's been crazy times uh, in Texas um, with the lockdown, school shut down, and then the state lockdown, and now yep. cases are still, mm-hmm. they're falling, which is really good, but um, it was some crazy times. And we love podcasting together, and so at the beginning, maybe we sort of like were foolish and saying, ah, we'll just wait a couple of weeks till this blows over. We won't podcast on Zoom or whatever, and then we just stuck to that. So anyway, we're back, and here we are, but we haven't been idle while we were um, locked down. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been planning some stuff. But anyway, uh, Megby, today you are going to talk to us about um, how you are, what, grifting? Is that, no, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Does that bother you? We're, we're going to talk about cronyism today, right? Isn't that why those guys are in the pitch in the first place? Oh, mm. gosh. Yes, it is. They're grafters, right? So you're saying that's bad. Grafters no? or grifters? Grifters. They're grafters. grafters. No, no, grafters are like, um, <laughs> the like plastic that, surgeons. Oh. The, yeah, skin grafts. I get you, but I, like, I think this is a different definition of grafting, which is weird. It's like, uh, it's kind of like simony, Pretty except sure. it's with political office. Isn't it grifting? No, grifting is a different thing. That's where I like, I'm like, try to see the ball in the cups, and I switch around the cups, <laughs> a grifter, and then you're like, it's in that grafter. one. Gr- what are you? I want my money after. These aren't songs. What are oh, you? Sorry. Did you make that song up? I did. Okay. Uh, grifting is engaging in petty or small-scale swindling. Graft is you're selling office, right? Oh, okay. Isn't that graft? Man. Yeah. And simony is specifically... Church office. Church office, I yeah. stand corrected. How do you spell nightmare? N. <laughs> <laughs> we are in agreement so far. N-I-T-E-M-A-H-R, right? Uh, yep. Nightmare. Nailed yep, nailed it. Okay. I guess I can start my rambling. Yes, you can. Uh, okay, good. Um, so, I believe it was droning. <laughs> Are you referencing the, my favorite email that we received? I, I apologize. Yeah, there's nothing to apologize for. I, <laughs> listener, if you care to brave it there, anyway, whatever. I have boring episodes is what they Graham was saying. Great. Okay. So um, uh, in the same topic of droning, today we are going to be talking about patronage. Patronage is the general topic for today. Um, I guess I can go into why I picked this topic in the first place. Uh, gentlemen, when you all hear the word patronage, what, what first comes to mind? What are you thinking of? renaissance art yeah i think of like medicis and and then like schools in florence getting money to paint stuff the first thing that comes to mind is that guy who hired michelangelo to make his tomb with something like wasn't it like 40 figures on it it's crazy like different statues and then he only got through like 19 Mm -hmm. and then 
the guy kicked the bucket I right. think, before he was done. Something like that. And so Michelangelo didn't finish it. Yeah, no, like, ah, you <laughs> the guy's it. dead now. So <laughs> what's the point? I yeah. don't think it ever got fully finished, but it was this huge planned piece, and then it just huh. stalled in the works. Or maybe he couldn't pay for it. I think that's what happened. Is Michelangelo got part of the way through, and then the guy's like, "I'm too poor now." That's that's actually that that example is funny because in reading about this, normally artists would get their patronage ahead of time and then do the work. And so I, it's what you just said. If I wonder if they paid for a certain amount, then he died. You know what I mean? Right. Like that was the end of it. <laughs> so he wasn't going to work anymore after that. Um, it was good. Anything? I mean, I wouldn't. It's makes sense. Kind of. I don't know. Love of the art, guys. Isn't this? Isn't that what it's really about? Got eat. I guess that is important too. Yeah. Um, my first um, time of thinking about this topic in any serious way was about a year and a half ago at this point. Um, so dream back with me, gentlemen, to a time um, before I had a child, before there was a quarantine in effect, before there was a global pandemic and travel was like a thing that was possible. Um, my wife and I travel traveled to Boston uh, over New Year, two New Year's ago. Uh, we did that because we wanted to go see snow for the new year, but Unfortunately, it rained. It did not actually snow. It was very depressing. Um, as a part of our trip up to Boston, we took a stop at the Isabella Stewart Stewart Gardner Museum. Does this where name in the city is that? Heck, if I know. Oh, okay. Are you familiar with Boston? Yeah, yeah. There's a museum that's like on the right on the east side of the city, close to the water. That's the only one I know that I can I don't remember. remember there being water nearby. It's pronounced Baston. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I'll try and do better for the rest of this uh, episode. Yeah, buddy. Uh, there's a park next to it. I'm pulling up a map, which is riveting for podcast listeners. Guys, how are you enjoying? Oh, it's kind of close. I mean, isn't all of Boston kind of near the water? Actually, yeah, yeah. Now that but I, I mean, about like... It. It's not on the oh, water, okay. though. Um, so you went to this museum. So I, so anyway. so And uh, had the wall of donors? <laughs> uh, no, actually. Um, the just... I'll give you the name again. The Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. Do you want to guess who was like foundational to this to this museum existing? Is that Queen Isabella? No, it's not. It uh, the the woman's name one is for one. I mean, no for one. Sorry. That's zero for one. Just to be clear, no. I, the woman's name is in fact Isabella Stewart Gardner. That's her full name. Born Isabella Stewart. Eventually married into the Gardner family. Um, well, it's like Joe Veritas who gave all this money. Yes, to for- Veritas Academy, <laughs> which is where our name ultimately comes from, obviously. Turns out he was a dirty liar, that yeah. guy, which is a um, misnomer, Veritas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A thing that, uh, listener, I don't know if you know, you two, I don't know if you all know, this museum is famous for um, uh, an art theft that took place there. Oh. Uh, so I think in the 90s. I, is that the one where the guy stole all the birds? No, that's the no. Natural History Museum. No. Uh, but I, uh, did, did, you, did you hear about that? Did you listen to a podcast episode about that? Because a guy like stole all these birds and then anyway, he was sold a, off the feathers one by one, right? He like, was took a, the fish, feathers. Yeah. Uh, a fish lure yeah. tire and right. they had like, he was part of this whole society that tied fish lures. Right. Yeah. So he ran this heist where he stole a bunch of bird specimens from the Natural History Museum. Yep. Yeah. And then because their feathers were perfect for the lures. Well, yes. because they were endangered birds right. and you couldn't, so you, couldn't you literally these. couldn't get them anymore. And he was part of this like ancient society of adventurers that would go and steal all these so he got them, sold them all, and then they didn't realize for like two months that the birds were even gone. Right. Wow. And then he well, like they can't get them back. Right. They didn't convict him. He made fish lures out of them. Or no, he they did convict. I forget, but yeah, he like cool. apparently sent them in packets all over, and they tried to get some back. And all the fishing community guys were like, "We don't know where they mm. went." Right. So. Crazy. I forget if he if he was convicted or he turned himself in. I I'm trying to remember. It, hmm. I forget. I, I don't remember. But anyway, I, I think that's a This American Life episode, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, go I check it out. Yeah. It's great. Go, it's a great episode. Go listen to podcasts, except listen to ours first. So is this like the Thomas Crown Affair? Is that what happened? Tell me what's the... Remember that Pierce Brosnan movie? I, no. Are we are we on tangent train right now? Okay. Yeah. So um, um, so the I'm going to tell you why we went to this museum in the first place, and then I hope you all make fun of me. Um, the most famous exhibit, according to whatever research we did before going there, is a blank uh, exhibit. A uh, It's a picture frame with no picture inside of it. Um, during this art heist, there were 13 pieces that were stolen from the collection, um, valued today at over half a billion dollars, oh, half a billion Whoa. dollars. Two people showed up. They were dressed as guards. Um, they showed up, um, 1am, um, like the morning after St. Patrick's day. It's like, anyway, so like during St. Patrick's day celebrations, this they gets more and more Boston the way more. You're uh, yeah. I was going to that's actually how they were able to sneak in is because there was so much like uh, hubbub from the St. Patrick's day celebrations mm-hmm. that like no one was really paying attention. Um, and they entered and they were able to steal 13 pieces. Um, again, valued at half a billion dollars. 
um, the most of most are um, they stole three works of Rembrandt. That's like the main thing oh, that they were oh. apparently after. So um, Rembrandt, Manet, Degas um, were a part of the collection. That and was have stolen. they popped up around the world? The pieces have not been found and no one has been convicted cool. as a part of these wow. thefts. So if I'm not, if it's not the largest unsolved art heist, it's the, you know, most recent, uh, the largest, most recent unsolved art heist, if that's the right way to say it. Um, so, so that's what originally kind of piqued our interest to go check that out. Um, does any, so you said there's an empty, so the, to the commemorate frames are that. still there? To com- yes. So to commemorate those paintings, they still have the so original. So now the theft has become art that people yeah. pay to go see. Yeah. Uh, I say that of they pay to go see. I, I don't know if you all are connecting. The, the connection in my mind was that, so there are 13 pieces and those are valued at half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that speaks to the quality of the collection. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, right? That's only 13 of the pieces. Do you want to take a guess at how many paintings are in this oh, gosh. collection? 14. That would be the best. There's like just one, <laughs> one, just one, one thing that's kid. left. It's like all the guys were like, man, we're not stealing that one. <laughs> I like it. No, that's not right. Guess a number. If you were, uh, if you were 122. Cool. Great. 45. Great. 7,500 paintings. <laughs> Whoa. 7,500 paintings so as part of this collection. storage is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, uh, I don't have this in my notes here, but as a part of um, Isabella Stewart Gardner's will, the music. Did she own these paintings? Yes. This is her personal collection. Thank you. You're drawing the connections for oh my me. Word. This is her personal collection. It was. She's a patron of the arts. Thank you. Great. You're making. <laughs> thank you. Um, but also as a part of her will, she set aside a million dollars in 1924. So that's worth a gajillion now. Uh, but also as a part of her will said that the pieces of art can't be moved in the museum. So wherever they were Tell left. Tell that to the thieves. Tell <laughs> that's exactly right, um, but like as a part of the museum, they're not able to move mm. those paintings around. That's so a part of she her will. not only donated it, but she designed it, and but part of her will it. was like, "Don't you dare move this." Yes, if I'm not mistaken, this was her house that she lived in. Um, oh, okay. I'm gotcha, trying to remember. Gotcha. I can see that. You yeah, know, people yeah, coming yeah. in like fiddling with all your stuff. Yeah, and especially if it is literally your house. Yeah. Um, it uh, what's it called when um, there's like a a space in the middle of the house and it, it's like an open ceiling. Um, atrium. Yeah. So they have that there's an atrium in the middle with like this kind of Greco Roman style, like tile and like designs oh, on the ground. Beautiful. Anyway, it's really, really cool. But oh. apparently it was there. Well, her and her husband's house, uh, which was then decked out with all of this, um, all these paintings, sculpture, furniture. Uh, I said 7,500, uh, I'll just read 7,500 painting sculptures, furniture, textiles, silver, and ceramics. So I'm slightly overstating. Those aren't all paintings. 1,500 rare books and 7,000 archival objects from ancient Rome, medieval Europe, Renaissance, Italy, and from a bunch of other places too. So where did she get her money? Yeah. So um, she was the heir to a fortune from her, um, both of her parents. Both of her parents worked in the linen trade. Mm. Would you ever expect linen to be the thing that makes you a ton of money? But uh, they somebody's making money on sheets. Apparently, right. in the eighteen what early it's early nineteenth century. So because she was born in eighteen forty, mm. so I don't know when her parents died. Um, yeah, Scottish. Her family's of Scottish descent. Fortune in the Irish linen trade. There were also some mining investments that they had. So that's on the one side. I mean, that makes sense. A lot of people were like miners back then. You changed the sheets way more often. Yes, <laughs> like it was just, it was just a dirtier time. Yeah, yeah. People were just dirtier. Um, she also married uh, her husband uh, Jack Gardner. So again, Isabella Stewart was the name she was born with, and then when she married, she became Isabella Stewart Gardner. So took on the last name Gardner. Uh, made money through shipping. Uh, his father made money from shipping pepper. I want to say mm. to the states, and then he eventually had just a a global shipping uh, uh, company. The spice must flow, man. Spi- is that Dune? Is that what's happening mm-hmm. right now? When does that movie come out? Oh, I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Because oh, uh, the Blade Runner he did was so good. I'm mm-hmm. not. Convinced. It was atmospheric. I think. Blade, I think Blade Runner is actually bad. You didn't like the, the new Blade Runner? I. I think I was distracted by the visuals of the movie to ignore mm. that there's no story in it. That's the whole point. Okay, but that's boring. I mean, the, the visuals were quite beautiful. Yeah, sure, but like I can go see yeah. paintings. Uh, AJ, in fact, uh, owns a. What's the print that you have? That's from the original Blade Runner, though, isn't it? Yep, it's yeah. a Tim Doyle print of the original. Yeah. So anyway, that's an. Which, option. by the way, speaking of patrons of the arts, uh, I actually patronized Tim Doyle. He just opened up. Uh, so Tim, if you're listening, you know discounts. <laughs> Good. Um, he just just opened up COVID patronage, so I bought a, a watercolor painting. Cool. I, I commissioned one. What is? I'm. 
when you say COVID patronage, that's just like a separate. He's stuck at home, so he's drawing, and he's making some money from his drawings. So cool. I dig it. Okay, so where are we right now? We are with Isabella Stewart Gardner. She is wealthy. She both inherited wealth, and also um, uh, her husband uh, had uh, made money as well. They have a bunch of money. There's a whole sad story I'm not going to go into. Uh, they had no children, um, and this was a thing that put her into a... Um, a depression that she eventually came out of the thing that brought her out of that depression was support of the arts. It was a year in Europe, uh, traveling around seeing beautiful works. I'll do it is what, um, reawakened her to like hope for life. Cool. Um, they had no children. Um, and I think those are tied together of her having no children gave her freedom of time and money to mm-hmm. spend on other things. Again, this ultimately leads to, 7,500 painting sculptures and furniture, 1,500 rare books, 7,000 archival So she spent her life collecting and buying and cultivating this collection. Yes. And I would say yes on the support of the art itself, but then also intended to eventually gift that to the city when you think about it. I mean, go to any major American city and you get this story. There's a big house turned museum in Houston with the same kind of story. I'm sure... Uh, the, 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 uh, here in, in Austin, the Blanton has mm-hmm. a big donation from families. I mean, it's just like, sure. yeah, it's, a. I, I you wonder if that's still a thing. Of if it's amassing as, the large collection. Yeah. And, or if it's still, if you still have that, um, just because now I think a lot of people think of art as an investment right. or you hear people talk about art as an investment. Yeah. Uh, you just wonder if you're, we're still, if in our generation, when, uh, the art collectors are going to donate it to, donate it to museums or if they're going to have like. You know, fam- these families are going to auction it off for whatever. I don't know. I guess there's no way of knowing. And even to tell the story of one person who's collecting art isn't to say that all art collectors um, did this. Right? That's true. Yeah. Some people keep private yeah. collections and keep them private. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, a, a piece of the story that's interesting is that, yes, she had an amount of wealth. Yes, she amassed a collection for herself, but with the eventual goal of sharing that with others, bringing others into it. The other side of it is that from working with artists, she eventually um, developed enough relationships to have paintings done of Mm. herself, right? There's also the side of it of her uh, commissioning the work of artists to um, commemorate her. Did she work with anybody well-known? I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, I believe... Pollock. (laughs) I mean, wait, that wouldn't be... Wait, hold on. Pollock in the time machine. No. Um, So I don't have those names in front of me. Uh, but I, for whatever it's worth, not, all, I believe some of the paintings of her are not only in her museum. Gotcha. I mean that as a way of saying like there's a quality to them where they're kept in other museums as well. Gotcha. I'm so using that as a proxy. vanity project. Yes. I'll, I, uh, not just a vanity right. project. <laughs> there's a, there's, uh, I actually didn't expect to talk about Isabel Stewart this long. Oh, but, sorry. No, it's fine. But um, there's a painting of her at the museum that's striking for, um, it's her dressed in black with this light behind her and it, it for knowing a little bit about her story, it is interesting for the sadness of her life. Plus the hope that she eventually Hmm, um, walked into, into her life. It's recorded as one of like the important paintings that are there. So if you look it up and it's someone famous who painted it, then uh, I'll feel dumb. Um, What's the point that I'm I'm getting to here? Um, This family, the Gardner family amassed a large amount of wealth, but the purpose of that wealth didn't only stay with them. It wasn't only for their comfortable lifestyle, though, they traveled. I mean, they had a nice house. There was comfort to their life. Mm-hmm. But it was for using that wealth to improve the city around them, the space around them, um, and specifically to improve the lives of artists as they were um, collecting and um, buying works from them, right, to trade in that. Um, this this is meant as, as an introduction into an entry into our topic of patronage that um, – Isabella specifically, but Isabella and Jack together were patrons of the arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess when I, I'll say when I use that term, I mean that they supported the arts, that they were um, supporting the lifestyles of people making good work. Is there a better is there a better d- definition of patronage as I as we go into? I mean, we ha- we use it as a pejorative term now. Like, a, don't patronize me. Yeah, sure. Um, I was going to say, or, or political patronage mm-hmm, it typically means mm-hmm. like um, a graft to go back to that. Um, grift grift sorry ah, see wait hold on I'll get this right. thanks oh. don't mess with me and now I'm like I can't remember what kind of it is. Um, so yeah so maybe there's a, a negative connotation that's there too um, uh, for patronizing but I mean like my wife and I back when you could we had sim- uh, season tickets to the symphony sure. and they make reference to thank you for patronizing the arts sure. even in our little humble symphony season tickets yeah 
But um, that's interesting. Even in theater, you typically you can just buy season tickets. That's mm-hmm. a fine option. But usually you'll pair that with a donation and you don't get I mean, but they don't say that at the movie theater. Like when you go to great. watch a blockbuster, they're not like, thank you, patrons. And why would those be different? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe there's a connotation of just like taste or quality of art or whatever. Or middleman. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If I'm paying an art dealer, I wouldn't say I'm patronizing the arts i'm not paying the artist directly Mm -hmm. if i purchase Mm. someone to or if i like pay a director to make a film to my desires that is patronizing the arts i think so oh that's if i'm a producer yeah i would say i'm a patron Mm. if i'm simply a person who goes to see it i mean like then you're just people use the term patrons to describe you know people who attend movies and people who attend things or who attend galleries or who attend attend galleries right right? but i would say that Maybe it's the middleman that makes the difference. So the real I'm not patron, sure it matters the much. patron is the person that sort of helps bring the vision to life through either finances, but just also some sort of support. It feels yes. like one of those words that is going to change meanings depending on where yeah. and how it's used. Because if, if you go yeah, to a library, you're called a patron, right? Is that like, true? Yeah. Oh. Uh, don't they say that in the, like the PA systems? Like, attention, <laughs> attention patrons, the library is closing. In I've heard it in like grocery stores. And I ain't gro- I ain't patronizing <laughs> no cows. Well, I mean, we do this all the time. I got an email today saying that a my broker got bought by a bigger broker, and sure. it was like, "Welcome to the, black, you know, whatever the broker's name." I was given a name. I'll, Blaze. Yeah, welcome to the Blaze family. Mm. And I was like, "I'm so proud to be yeah. part of the Blaze family, <laughs> the best, you know, giant broker's family." Sure. Don't all companies? Uh, I, I usually think of that as employee languages, right? One big family. I don't know. Just why don't you just cheapen family? Why don't you? Oh wow, there's a topic. Okay, anyway. um, okay. This is fair of saying that there are different definitions that we could use here. I think a point that you all are pulling on of the amount of engagement with mm-hmm. the art is probably a helpful. Um, yeah, because when I think of true patronage, it, yeah. it is. I th- yeah, I think of that Renaissance. Either for the for the uh, vanity of the patron or the person actually believes in the artist's vision or what they're doing, yeah. and then says, "Well, I have I want to make sort of this vision come to life." So right. there's something of the whims yeah. or wishes of the patron in in the, in the patronage, right? Yeah. Like I will put myself in a painting of the crucifixion, like standing there being like, "Whoa, look at this! Look at this!" Yeah, yeah, or you know. Like have them paint my family or have them paint something in my house, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm purchasing their work for partially for my vision. If my vision coincides with theirs, that's mm-hmm. a different issue. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Let's let's see if we can connect some of these things. So um, we've we've used a more modern example uh, to start off. It's hard to when I think patronage, the first thing that comes to mind is the Medici's for me because I'm a nerd or whatever. Um, you, you were a banker. I was a banker and the Medici's also <laughs> founded a large bank. Isn't that what they teach you? The Medici about, isn't like, it's actually interesting. The first um, thing you learn is about the Medici's when you so, go to business um, school. No, but I've never uh, JP Morgan, the man, um, what uh, I talk about Gardner in the beginning here, but JP Morgan also has a house in New York that you can go to. That is like the Gardner residence. Mm-hmm. It's his collection of, um, of art. It's also his house. One of the rooms is designed with a, um, a Sienese, like from Siena, Italy, a Sienese, um, seal of, I want to, I, I don't know if it's the bank of, no, the bank, the Medici's are from Florence. So it wouldn't be Sienese, mm-hmm. but anyway, just to say it's some Sienese bank logo is what he's decorated mm-hmm. this entire room with. Um, why did I say that? That's hilarious. Oh, because I used to be a banker. So there's connections here between <laughs> all these things. So um, anyway, that house is very, very cool. So if you're in New York, go check that out. And if you're in Boston, oh, do we have to do that now that the camera's on? Do we have to look at it? Uh, podcast listener. Oh, whoops. You would have no way of knowing that. I mean, I am in a whole new kettle of fish boys. I don't know what that means. We'll connect all of these things in a second. So the, there's an, there's a, there's a part here that I, I have not personally been able to understand. So I'll start talking and then we'll see if we can connect these things. Um, the, Medici's are um, one of the longest running, most successful, I mean, until they weren't families uh, in Italy, um, based in uh, Florence, I guess is the, I'm I'm overstating because they eventually are all over Italy, but um, they have a a family dynasty that lasts from the 13th century through the 18th century. I mean, it's, what is that? 500 years of 
um, prominence. Uh, four members of the family end up becoming popes. Uh, multiple become um, dukes and duchesses. Seems and, legit. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Because I, I, oh, so they were a holy family. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, four of those men were the holiest men. Like, yeah, just, that's what I was gonna say. You that's can, family tradition. You, you can know. either be because, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, my family is not Catholic, but you know, if my son grew up to be pope, it'd be like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, like, I'd be pretty, a good church going banker. That's family. exactly right. But uh, you know, I, I do not know the details of these uh, Medici's becoming pope. I'm sure there is much more to it. So anyway, I, I'm sure we'll get a wonderful email about that. They just did good things in the world. There's yeah, exactly, and they were respected for their virtue. It's kind of like that story from the Decameron about the um, what's the guy who was a super sinner and he wanted to ask for forgiveness. I like that story a lot. He uh, he want it's the the guy goes to the priest and he's like, "Hey, Father, I need forgiveness." And he's like, "I did a horrible thing." And the priest is like, "What'd you do?" And the guy goes, "I uh, stole a penny." Like he said, he he. Do you remember this? You told the story. He admits no. to some really small crime, some very small sin. And the priest and didn't he have to like pray for a while? And sure. Then... And then the priest like thinks he's a holy man. And so then the the uh, funeral for him is like celebrating him as a holy man. Oh, the, that's right. And he was. You uh, did this episode. I'm terrified right now. Well, no, I'm, I'm tried. There are a few about like oh, people paying penance and sure. having to pray. And yeah. so I'm, you're no, thinking of the one where guy he that tricks the like, priest. He was a horrible, horrible, yes. horrible person. Yes, but and tricked he the had all oh, these he tricks. The priest to give yeah. him a holy. And then eventually ah. they regard him as a saint, and the yeah. whole community is like, "This guy was saintly when really he was just he was, a terrible liar." Yeah, yeah. Come back. Sounds like he was a great liar. I mean, a, it, a it worked, terrible right? person, a terrible and person liar. who was yeah. a liar. Anyway, so um, the Medici's uh, initially uh, gained their wealth from uh, selling textiles. That's the the, the uh, that's where it's like Garner. Yes. Wait, wait. Hold on. We're onto something here. And then they eventually will found the Medici Bank out of that, and this. Uh, makes them even more fabulously wealthy than they were. Um, I'll read just a list of things that, so they make all this money. That's part number one. But then the question is, what do they do with that money? Right. An option would be just to spend it on themselves. I'm sure they had a lavish lifestyle, but in addition to that, the Medici family was involved in financing. Mm -hmm. They they did not themselves. Anyway, they were involved in the financing of the piano, that seems like kind of a cool thing. You mean like the invention of the, the piano? The invention of the, of the piano. Huh. The piano. We have that because of the Medici's in part. The construction of St. Saint P- Peter's Basilica. Um, they were involved in, they were patrons of um, uh, Botticelli, uh, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Raphael, Machiavelli, Galileo, um, among <laughs> among others. What'd you say? Splinter? I said Osmond uh, Shredder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Krang. <laughs> Is that the guy with the brain in his belly? Yeah, Krang. Yeah, yeah, and then Krang. what's the other one? Yeah. Bebop and Rocksteady? Bebop, yeah. Also Italian? Mm-hmm. Great, good. Yep. Bebop. The, all of them. Have I ever talked to you about how I thought the Ninja Turtles was an interesting, like, discussion about immigration? Mm-hmm. Or about, and just no. like... <laughs> Maybe that's another episode. Okay. <laughs> or an, Just like integrating, you know, how much do you take from the homeland? How much do you put into, like, your American spin on no, it? No, it's for uh, uh, turtles who want to eat pizza. Isn't Shredder that wanted them to, like, honor their... Heritage, but the Ninja Turtles just wanted to do American things. It's it's all there. I don't think it is. Um, they, um, in in reading about the Medici's, um, one question is like, why? When I say Renaissance, I mean Italian Renaissance. In case that matters to anyone, and there's a question of like, why the Italian Renaissance happened when it did and where it mm. did. And one way of answering that question is patronage. Patronage. Like the wealth of yeah, the yeah. Medici's concentrated in Florence created a. Um, culture of additional patronage. The Medici's were so powerful. If people wanted to um, please the Medici's to get some kind of favor, they would try and play the same game, right? So or the Medici's would like the way that they <clears throat> showed their power was by wielding patronage yes. and commissioning artworks. And yes. so if you wanted to appear also just as rich, yes. you did the same thing, did even the same if you thing. couldn't afford it. There Absolutely. was gardens as well. Like uh, they would, they would sponsor public gardens yeah. or big, you know, that had shows of wealth. Mm-hmm. I thought of that example. I, um, having fountains was real hard. I didn't look up the name, but there are these beautiful gardens in um, Spain that mm-hmm. are that it's, um, they were either Royal gardens or, um, the, they were private. They were meant only for one family, but upon death, it's mm-hmm. a gift to mm-hmm. the city. It's mm-hmm. a gift for all people to, to go and enjoy. I'm Ooh, sure. Th- yeah. What are those gardens called? They're on like top of a little hill. That sounds right. Um, shoot. And I'm sure there are a bunch in Italy too. Um, but it, it, it's all the same idea that we're getting at. So, what, what am I saying? You could build it in Civilization 4. I <laughs> I don't think I ever played Civilization 4. Oh, dude. Sorry. I tried 5 and never finished a game of it. Mm. So, sorry. And then I quit video games. So, sorry. Um, so, Alhambra? Alhambra. That's a, that's a building. That's a fort. Yeah, never Is mind. I thought it was a garden. Um, there might be a garden attached to it. Anyway. We're going to get emails about this one. Um, what's the point? So, 
the Medici's made a bunch of money, but there are lots of rich people in history who we don't remember the name of, mm. right? Merchants aren't like, we, we don't sit around and say, oh, those great merchants. Like, we're so thankful that they made money. Because know. they didn't, they weren't patrons? Well, because they didn't. So like the Jack Stewart, who I told you about before, you ever heard of the Stewarts because of their, or I'm sorry, Jack Gardner? Did you like, do you know about the pepper trade from the 19th century? Like, does that... It, even though it made this family wealthy, does that matter? Yeah, it's not on my Robert Baron flashcards. So. <laughs> Thank you. Good. It doesn't really matter 200 years later. Um, as opposed to um, work that the Medici's put in, uh, you know, potentially launched the Renaissance and uh, provided like the most important paintings, uh, writings, hmm. thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. even by supporting Galileo scientific. Right. Didn't they uh, sponsor the, the Duomo, the, the cathedral in Florence? Was that them? Is that the that Santa Maria del Flor- Fiore? No. What's that? I think maybe. The sure. Santa, del Mir- Santa Maria del Fiore is... Oh, no. It, that's the Florence Cathedral. I think it might be... Oh. It's the Florence Cathedral. Brunelleschi. Yeah. The, the. Brunelleschi Stone, yeah. Yes. Okay, so, so they were yeah, they the grapes. Yes. And, and also the... Uh, what is it called? The doors of... A par- the gates of paradise. It was a beautiful carved, carved door that Rodin responded to later. Yeah. And that's... Uh, in in giving only like the top highlights again, it's like essentially anything from the 13th century of Florence to the 18th century, the um, Medici's were probably involved in, right? Like they, they just had a lot of involvement in all of those things. Um, But they, we, I don't know. How often do you talk about the Medici bank? Like it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that that would have lasted beyond its time um, without them putting that investment into um, art and things that would last beyond um, a point AJ raised before that I want to make sure not to move past is that also, I don't know if you all have this association of things. I typically think of patrons as like um, silent partners in the business mm-hmm. context. Like mm-hmm. they give money and then the artist kind of does whatever they want to. And then like that's, you know, there's not a partnership there. Uh, that would not have been true. The, the patrons were very involved in the work of um, either the art itself in commissioning literal pieces, Right make a painting of me, right? It Would, was, it was a commodity just, yes. and, and I, the, the artisans of the middle ages, the artists were not, I don't know if there was this like artistic temperament, they could paint and they could paint yes. well, and they knew the technicals of it. A lot of it was geometry. And so they sold their abilities. They didn't have to get into a poetic mood to do it. Right. They had to gather snails and mash them up and make the pigments and then do the job because right. they were supposed to paint on a floor, right? right? That's what they had to do. But there's this kind of there's this recognition of, you know, um, you just crushing up your snails and then going out to the market probably isn't going to get you a living. Right. Like you wouldn't be able to um, survive just on that. And so there is some amount of help that's needed, but there's something in return for that. Right. You're Mm -hmm. you're providing a service for a a wealthy, powerful family like the Medici's or whoever else your patron is. Um, I forget who it. I think Michelangelo at some point might have been um, patronized or whatever the term would be by, by the Pope at the time. Like that's, that's what the Sistine Chapel came out of. Yeah. And that's where like you get these, there's this whole social level to it that I'm not really going to go into of like who patronizes the work determines your social status determines like almost the success of the, of um, the project. Right. Regardless. I mean, that's, it's almost separate from quality. Yeah. It's a quick explanation. Like if, if the people that have had, have the most cultivated tastes are, the rich and cultured, yep. right? The cultured weren't the artists, the cultured were the wealthy, right? right? That had the ability to like not work and cultivate their manners and and read and learn and be educated. Then their discernment in choosing you, especially if they were the most wealthy, like if they had the most money to spend, they can buy the greatest artist. Right. And so when they choose you, it legitimizes you, right? And but it, it works both ways, isn't it? Yeah. But that's there's, interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship, it yeah, right? Sure. You bring your great art to them and right. make them look good. They bring their taste to yes. you. Yes. And yes. so you get the social standing of being the yes. best artist around because the richest people chose you, right? So there's Absolutely. probably rich people that patronize like who had really bad taste and patronized artists that could give them something really bad. Or they were like patron. They wanted to patron, but they were still cheap. So they like got like. Instead of Michelangelo, they got like his kid brother who couldn't do it very much. Michel? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're the ones and who got shredded. And it was like, <laughs> instead of painting a beautiful Sistine Chapel, like I want, you know, like, like, I don't know, um, dirty humor jokes in my, in my, <laughs> in my toilet or something. Sure, right. Right. Yeah. And those and things just don't last. So I'm sure that money saying. flew yes. around, yes. but yeah. we just don't have them mm-hmm. anymore. Cause at some point someone was like, Ooh, this is gaudy and yeah. got rid of it. So an, uh, a good example from modern day would be like Bugatti. So 
to bring cars in. Bugatti makes like rolling pieces of art. Those right. cars are incredible. Fifteen hundred oh, horsepower. Is a car? Yeah, it's a car. Yeah. Oh, Fifteen hundred horsepower. They've got. They go three hundred miles an hour. Those right. things are insane. Yes. They cost like five million dollars a piece. So they make only a few, right? They bring some sort of like legitimacy to the people who purchase them, right? If I drive a Bugatti, I look really good. Makes me look like I have good taste. And Bugatti exists because rich people are willing to buy their works of art, right? right? So it's a symbiotic relationship. Bugatti gets a lot of money for the car. The car legitimizes the people who buy it. What's my Toyota RAV4? (laughs) Um, Much lower. (laughs) It's it's like when your niece paints a rock and hands it to you. Mm. Hey, that is it, but it's useful. Yeah, sure. You can As, hold down a piece of paper with it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a, do you call this car a paperweight? Is that what just happened right there? Maybe. Okay, just want to make sure it's I heard that. It's a painted paperweight. It's oh, a little good. bit better. It's a step above. It's yeah. a heavy car. Um, <laughs> wait, what? Um, so again, um, associations that I have, so first would have been that kind of silent partner relationship. That would not be what a patron, you know, depends on your time period and depends on the patron, but that's not typically what is happening in that, in that situation. I think the other one is that, so the other association I have is that, you know, a patron, if they're involved would be like distracting from the project itself. Like they're a negative influence on the project mm. whenever they get involved. And maybe again, you all are better <laughs> like people. Like one of the Medici's being like, make me buffer. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or, or I'm, or all even the muzzles <laughs> or they'll say, you know, I, the, the shade of blue you're using for the sky is wrong, even though it's the right one. That's a, you know, mm. like it, it, it more a sign of bad taste maybe to use AJ's example from before. There's a, a story I heard a, a long time ago that I don't, I don't know if it's true. It's probably all apocryphal, but um, when um, Michelangelo was uh, finishing up the David, um, he, uh, you know, was working on it. And then one of his patrons comes in and looks at it and, and says, um, th- you know, Hey, have you noticed the nose doesn't look quite right? Michelangelo looks at it and he goes, you know, he, re- he realizes the nose is perfect. Um, but the patron saying, it doesn't look quite right. Can you like take a little bit off the nose? Maybe make it a little smaller. It looks a little too big right now. Um, and so Michelangelo goes up to the statue and he takes his chisel and he makes the motion as if he's cutting off or, um, tapping off part of the nose. But what he's doing is he's hitting it off to the side to, um, brush up some dust into the air to make it look like he's making some changes to it. Clang, clang, clang. Exactly. All right. So (laughs) to make it look like he's making that noise and kind of make it sound like that to then turn back to his patron and say, oh, well, thank you for that wonderful advice. Doesn't this look so much better, even though he didn't actually take the advice. So he's just good at managing his patrons. Yes, well, that's that's the version of the story I've heard. <laughs> as far as I can tell, it never happened. Um, and also, I think AJ's point is more spot on, is that um, there is a... The acquisition of wealth is not only you now have more money, it is a social standing as well, probably even especially um, 500 years ago as compared to today. And so you would, again, this is not everyone. There are still boorish rich people at, at all periods of time. Um, but that you are, especially in a, a, a dynasty like the Medici's, you're raised up into a certain mm. taste and social standing. And then to which you would trust a Medici over a new artist. Does that, does that make sense? Is that a a new thing? artist or a new patron? New artist. I'm, uh, so, so as an artist, you probably also wanted... Medici to back you as yes. opposed to because you'll probably learn like something more Grumpio yes the exactly. Grumpio bank family yes <laughs> oh yeah the one down the street yeah, yeah I love the Grumpios high rates those guys yeah, yeah exactly uh, but yeah I think I think we actually still see this right we look to famous people like I can't th- help but think of that uh, song Gucci Gang Gucci Gang Gucci Gang Gucci Gang right they <laughs> you can't are, help but think of that I, no, please help yourself please. they're talking about Gucci they are still in a way the tastemakers right they yes. Interesting. like people sing about high cost brands all the time. Yeah. And so they are, they, as the wealthy are saying yeah. this stuff is the stuff that's valuable. And yeah. so we, the non, the, the, the poors, I'm a poor <laughs> would be like, okay, the thing to aspire to is Gucci. It's but to have all lu- these things and people spend money on it. But if you're a luxury brand, you're in a difficult situation wherein you want that exposure. But if you, if you churn out tons of Gucci stuff, eventually you're not going to have that mystique anymore. But that's the thing is the way you get that exposure is by doing what the artist did, which is by getting adopted by the most wealthy. If I, if I run a luxury brand, I don't make a thousand handbags. Mm -hmm. I get Kanye to give his wife one of my handbags for a gift. One single product enough to make me famous, right? Mm -hmm. They have the taste. I have the artistry. It's a symbiotic relationship. It still happens. I don't know all the details because I'll, uh, you're not well versed in Gucci Gang. I was going to say um, an example in the. I'm trying to look it up. I think they've been acquired. If I'm looking at this correctly, um, Coach. This is mm, what happened. Coach to, this is what happened to Coach. Of originally was had more of a luxury um, 
association overproduce things. I think they have like a, an outlet kind of model also, which if you're really high end, you wouldn't have, um, and that kind of undermined it, right. Um, that it was, it wasn't worth the high price at some point. It just became about the quality of the bag itself. But if you're going to be a luxury brand, why would you call yourself coach? Yeah. Right. I fly first class. <laughs> you want to start a fashion label called first class? Well, that's just maybe that's like that's like more. labeling that's your whiskey tacky. fancy whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Fancy. you know that's not good. <laughs> it's really you can trust that one. Um, a a thing maybe for us to talk about after this episode. Um, Rich water. I think that might sell though. Let's be. Have you seen Smart Water? I mean, how far how far off is that? Well, I'm smart. I drink Smart Water. Sorry, all you Smart Water drinkers. Um, so a thing that I I have not totally reconciled in thinking through all of this is that. Um, in there's like uh, the association between like the popularity of a thing and the quality of a thing. Mm-hmm. Cause in some level, what we're saying would lead to if more people like it, connect with it, whatever they will buy it, mm-hmm. but not all popular things are good. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And this is maybe a small niggling point, but I just, um, it, it's kind of a question I have with this. And there are also tastemakers who we don't agree with or don't trust or whatever. Um, so anyway, maybe a topic for sometime later, but, also, the Medici's are operating in a time before you had as sort of ubiquitous or deeply entrenched market forces yes. like you do now in the modern sure. the modern art world. Yeah. So right now we've got things geared towards you know product and scale and selling, whereas in you know 14th century Italy you don't have that same those same sort of market forces for the artist sure. for, you know in the art, artist world and even that, i hadn't thought of it till you said that there's the connection to your city you are oh, yeah. commissioning a work commissioning a work for your city to increase the renown of your city um, there's like an there's an honor element to it of you want your city to be well respected and you want to be the top of the heap right. and so those nasty guelphs yeah right and so you care or ghibellines yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about that um but there's something to that, like face-to-face interaction of it. Of mm-hmm. you know the person you're supporting, and you're directly um, doing that for them. Okay, um, so where are we right now? Patrons are great; they do great work. Um, and I forget where I heard this. It, well, and of course, it's a new. It's a, that sort of model is the internet has now made that model more right? more available for everything. Yeah, that's probably the right segue out of this topic. Um, so what? historically has been the purview of only a few. Um, again, the Medici family, a few other very successful, uh, you said Robert Barons before. So some, you know, some, <laughs> some equivalent of that. Something uh, less pejorative. As uh, Barons. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Uh, rich people, right? People, uh, entrepreneurs. It's not only that. Oh, um, Cause by, again, if you're an 800 year dynasty, only the first ones are the entrepreneurs, fair. um, inherited wealth. Um, so I, I think that historically has been only for the wealthiest of the wealthiest. Again, someone who had a million dollars in 1924 to leave to this, like in addition to gifts that she gave to her family, that was Isabella Stewart Gardner from the beginning. Yeah. Had uh, obviously invested in, or obviously had the taste in something that had the staying power so that when a tiny fraction of it got stolen, it was, you know, 130 times the original. I I didn't make that connection and I should have said it earlier. If 13 of those pieces are worth half a billion dollars again, and they probably got the most expensive ones. Like I know that, but again, if you have 13,000 other, no 16,000 other things they could have stolen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the value of that collection is um, almost innumerable, innumerable other than the fact that I literally just counted it. Um, uh, And it is now for, anyone to go and visit if you're up in Boston mm-hmm. with that. Okay. So what used to be, you had to acquire that amount, that kind of collection to then give to a city so that people could go visit is a thing that on the internet, um, anyone can be a part of, can access, can, um, be part of supporting, right? Um, the, uh, I think most common place where that happens now is on Patreon. I don't, I'm not doing a history of Patreon cause that would be weird. Um, but I guess I'll just say this and then we can jump in from there. Um, this episode is in um, service of announcing that we are launching a Patreon, um, I guess, as of this episode. That's right. So technically four days. All you little Medici's out there. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but I, I think the, the point being drawn out there is that um, I love the interactions that we have with our listeners. Yes. I love the emails that we get True. back and forth. Um, it is love a, the memes. Yeah, I love the memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even... Uh, you little twits. On the Twitters? <laughs> yes, people who, who reply to us, who say things that they find helpful. I love all that stuff. Um, but we want um, a community that is involved in helping shape what 
um, classical stuff will be from here on out. That's right. right? Isn't that, this isn't, yeah. this isn't just some passive thing, but we want to both give something to our community and then also um, have uh, a shaping influence, right? That mm-hmm. people will be helping us as we grow. Classical education is, yeah, a, I don't know if it's, a, saying it's a needed thing makes it sound a little too util- it's utilitarian, a but it it's is a worthy, a worthy cause. cause. It is yeah. a noble undertaking. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I think that's fair. Um, so, I guess I can direct, I can just say to people that you can go to patreon.com slash classical, classical stuff, patreon.com slash classical stuff. You'll see all of the information on there about, um, signing up to become a patron of the podcast. Should I go through all of the, yeah, I think, yeah, go through the tiers and things. And then also the emphasis on that. These are early days and this, you also can help shape and guide the growth of, of what we're doing as well. Yeah. yeah so uh, again, this is totally voluntary, yeah. right? This isn't a compulsory thing. If you want to be involved, if you want to like, if you want all... your name to resound through history, then, you know. <laughs> but if you're like looking at the equipment, you know, this is all personal stuff. Like we right. three pay for the website. We three bought our microphones and all of the gear and all that stuff. And it costs a pretty penny. So if you want to like, I don't know, maybe reward us for our work is one way to think about it. The other way to think about it is push us forward. Uh, yes. This is the first episode where we have a camera up. Here's looking at YouTube, you, YouTube. And our ultimate goal here is to have several cameras uh, and mm-hmm. then being able for me to like switch switch around on them and that way give you a better viewing and listening experience. Um, the more the more we get from the podcast, the more we can put into the podcast, the more time we can commit, the more attention yeah. we can commit. Because like, we're sorry, we had a natural sort of, a, a, a natural homeostasis of what we could do. And if we want to keep going forward, we need a little bit of help. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's fair. We need a patron. Yeah. I was going to say afterwards to, for us to talk through some other changes. Um, AJ just covered most of them right there, right there. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, no, it's fine. Uh, it's, it, it's all of our thunder. Uh, the other thing just, he said, he said this, There's but a just, t-shirt. it's all of our <laughs> thunder. Of, yeah. Uh, the other thing to say is that our episodes are now up on YouTube, uh, at the time that you're listening, at least up through episode 113. That's right. We got a little busy, little busy elves working in the background. Yep. Yes. And these are, and these are things that have been worked on over the cronies. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Over, yeah. That makes me the crony. I don't like that. Um, so the stuff we've been working on during uh, quarantine. Thomas is being modest. It's the stuff that he worked That's on. Right. He's put all the episodes up. Uh, as of now, we just have paintings on most of our episodes, but yep. in the future, we're going to have video um, That's the, yes. and you can mm-hmm. see us record. So if you're interested in that, you can find us on YouTube. Classical stuff. You should know. It's a great name. You should search for it. Um, and I already said the Patreon is patreon.com slash classical stuff. Um, I'll go through what the different uh, tiers are on there. Um, AJ just shared uh, a few of the the reasons that this is helpful for us. First off is again, helping us in moving forward of mm-hmm. equipment on the equipment side. And then as we get into the tiers, you'll see um, shaping of topics is also helpful there. So um, there are three different tiers uh, as a part of uh, the Patreon, the $5 a month tier, uh, we'll give you access to all previous episodes ad free. I guess that's another thing that we are talking about and exploring is adding advertising to the podcast. So look for that in the future. And if you're interested in advertising, send us an email, the guys at classical stuff dot wait net. Yep. Nailed it. The guys at classical stuff dot net mm-hmm. took me a second. Um, so you'll get access to all previous episodes without ads. You will also get access to additional talks from AJ Graham and I, um, these include, uh, AJ and Graham's excellent keynote presentations. There is an annual conference through Veritas and there are at least three or four years of, um, audio that I was able to find. I'm sure you all have more stuff than that. Um, but all of that audio will be included on the Patreon. So if you want to hear us talk about, uh, dating advice from Romeo and Juliet, um, or what's a good one? Uh, you, your logical fallacies one is great, but we've also done a podcast episode mm-hmm. on that. But anyway, um, yeah, you can find all of that at the $5 a month level. At $10 a month, uh, I am most proud of this tier because it's called the Nightmare tier. And I'm just, oh I'm glad we can. I, can't, I, just, I just want that to live there forever. I can't remember who said it. But. Yeah, me neither. Graham. Um, you get all of the $5 a month benefits. In addition, you will get access to additional conversations that we will have before and or after our oh, episodes. This is the banter tier. This is the banter, the banter tier. tier. The Ooh, what classical it? stuff at night. Yeah. Or unplugged. Unplugged. Classical, I, stuff, I, unplugged. classical stuff unplugged. Yeah. As, as video, you can see we are. Yep. Anyway, this is the first one. There, yeah. There's banter before and after these episodes. We, yeah. we, we always take breaks in between recording and you can hear all the stuff we talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you enjoy the banter, you're going to love this tier. In addition, we have a monthly ask us anything. I still, anyway, my question was if it's still an AMA, if it's a group of people. So anyway, tell us, 
Weigh in, please. At the guys at the guys classicalstuff.net. Classical we have a new email address. I don't know if we've acknowledged yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of think of it like mailbag, right? Yes. It doesn't have, just have to be questions. Uh, if you want to send us comments or whatever, we can do reactions, yep. I guess. So, <laughs> actually, kind of like, yeah. Again, did yeah. we say this already on air of... Um, Send us a, you said YouTube video reactions or whatever. Whatever you yeah. want to say, like at that tier, send us whatever you want to sure. send. You are welcome to interact with us. And then we'll have special episodes that are just, just for us you. interacting yes. with the mailbag and the things that you've sent us. Yes, exactly. So that'll, that is at the $10 a month level. At the $20 a month level, this again is um, more where we are looking for your input. We're looking for you to help us um, specifically in coming up with future topic ideas. So the, um, we would, at this level, we would be asking you all to vote on future topics or to submit future topic ideas. Um, so for you to help us, what, what are what are things that you would like to hear the three of us describe? And then in addition, um, I, th- I think AJ has talked most about this, of wanting there to be classical stuff merch. And so we would like help on um, those future, desi- future designs. Mm-hmm. of um, We would post things and then, again, get um, voting from you all to help us figure out kind of what that future looks like. So help uh, help guide the podcast, yes, right? Determine exactly. its future. And um, yeah, I know Graham is working on a couple cool. of ideas yep. um, that I think at the $20 a month level, we'd be looking for input from people there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the idea being some uh, basically going through great works, going through great works of literature and putting together video primers. So if you're a first time teacher and they were like, you got to teach Paradise Lost and you're like, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Or if you're just reading this book for a book club or if your own enjoyment, if you said, I wish I had some help in sort of how do I even begin thinking about this kind of thing? Uh, we want to put together a whole catalog of some of the great some of the great works of us mm-hmm. um, talking about them. So that'll yeah. be at the... But that's, you know, that's a big that's a big thing to do. Um, so this is why, like, yeah, this, this patronage is yeah. so, so cool. It is, yeah. And so um, important and helpful for us. So again, there's a side of it where... Um, yeah, that, that money helps us in doing the work that we do here. Also in helping shape where we go from here, um, especially topics and merch and all that fun stuff. So that's all patreon.com slash classical stuff. Uh, again, I'm, we're moving toward wrapping up this episode. I Just you all listening is a huge honor and I appreciate that. Um, but for some of you, we've even gotten questions on Twitter asking how people yeah, get and it's us. Yeah, I'm actually not only just listening, but questions just inquiring of our health during yeah. the crisis, knowing sure. that we're in Austin, Texas, and yeah. Texas has been a hot spot. And yeah. so that's been very touching just mm-hmm. to that people listen and, and um, think and about us. Care and <laughs> care, <laughs> right? And um, so, yeah, so we are looking forward to jumping back into this. Absolutely. All right, yeah. boys, any classical stuff we got wrong over uh, the past uh, 90 days? Whoever, Six months. Whoever I, put to, whoever I put to sleep with my episodes, I guess that was wrong. Aww. Aww. They were good. They were okay. good. I like them. Um, classical stuff we go wrong. I can't By think. I'm sure there's something. Being off there. the air for so long, I think, is the most. That is definitely that's something. The thing we but got hey, yeah. we're back and we got big things going. Yep. So cool. All right, happy so to be back. This is has been Classical Stuff You Should Know with Graham, AJ, and Thomas. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week. Next week. Same classical time, same classical channel. Yep. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 